Church, I couldn't help but think when we were worshiping the first song they played or the second, I give myself away. What a powerful song. What a great message that that song is saying. I could not help but think, though, of the application of that song. I give myself away unto the Lord. Church, what would happen if a generation truly gave itself away unto the Lord? We said, Lord God, here I am, as Isaiah would say, take me, Lord, here I am to serve, as Samuel would say when the Lord would call out to him, Samuel, Samuel, he would say, here I am, Lord, when the Lord would call out to Abraham, Abraham, he would say, here I am, Lord, here, take me, Lord God. Church, what would it be, how could it affect this entire world if a complete generation was to give itself away unto the Lord? Not just a generation, but what if an entire church gave itself away unto the Lord? Just said, Lord, all my preconceived notions about life, all my agenda, all my future plans, Lord God, I give myself now to you, Lord God, as a ready and willing vessel I give myself away unto you, Lord. Here, do with me as you please. Church, what could a body like that accomplish for the Lord, for this community, if we truly were to give ourselves away unto God? As I was praying and seeking the Lord for a message, for a word tonight, the Lord kept bringing back into my spirit how much he truly loves me. I was just talking to Brother Paul about this a while ago, and he made the comment, he said, if we could truly ever just comprehend how much God really loves us, we would be flooding that altar at all times. Does it not change things inside of us whenever we know that someone loves us? It changes how we interact with that person or person's how we treat them. We oftentimes have a different speech, a different conduct whenever we know that someone truly loves and cares about us. We oftentimes act differently because we know and understand how they truly feel about us. And so tonight, that's actually what I want to attempt to accomplish. If we start talking about the great subject of love, it's almost inexhaustible, amen? In fact, when we look at the Word of God, I think the Bible is nothing but a great, large love letter unto mankind. Every time we see a situation, we see the Lord delivering them, we see the Lord conquering for them, we see the Lord guiding them, we see the Lord loving them, we see God's love just prevailing throughout the entire Word of God. He continues to reach out to a creation that has totally rejected Him. Yes, we were cast out of the garden because of sin. Yes, we chose not to follow after Him. Yes, we made that cognitive choice as human beings, and you and I, because of it, have now been born with original sin. But God did not just leave us there. In fact, it was His great love throughout all of 
time that has been constantly reaching out to mankind just over and over and over again. No matter how much we spit in his face, no matter how much we do, no matter how much we reject him, and oftentimes try and literally run the other direction, God in all his mercy, kindness, and forgiveness continues to love through all of those situations. And because love always prevails, God is always reaching out to us no matter what we do unto him. It is truly a time in our lives now where we're still here to love and be loved of the Lord. I know many of you have lived probably a better part of your lives already because simply of your age that you are now. But as you're getting closer and on up in age to a very ripe old age, you probably come to realize that all we can truly do in this life is to love and to be loved. But I want to tell you tonight, church, as we'll see in the Word, I'm not going to keep you all night tonight. Y'all believe I can preach a 20-minute message? I think I'm going to try and do it tonight. Y'all say, Brother Joe, you can't even get your address out in 20 minutes. We're going to try it tonight, though, amen. But church, I want to tell you tonight, in all its simplicity, if love remains, love can always prevail. The old saying goes like this. It says, I would move heaven and earth for that person if I had to. Anybody ever thought along that context or made a statement like that? If i got to move heaven and earth, I'll do it in order to help my child, to help this person, help my spouse, help my children, whatever it may be. I'll move heaven and earth if I have to. Church, I want to tell you tonight, God already moved heaven and earth for us. He already did it. I was reading in Revelations 21 to y'all this morning. Those of you that were here this morning, I think pretty much everybody was this morning. The new heaven and the new earth. You know who that was? That was for us. God don't need a new earth. Amen? That was for you and I. He has already moved heaven and earth for us because He loves us so much. The most precious thing to God, hallelujah, even Himself, He separated Himself out to be Jesus Christ. He sent His only begotten Son down here to live, to die for us because He loved us so much. He couldn't stand another moment, another instant of being in a situation that we could not help ourselves, that true grace, true redemption, true salvation was not available unto His creation anymore, that He had to come down here and sacrifice Himself. And now I want to tell you that love remains. In church, if love remains, we have the victory because love is always going to prevail. Love is going to prevail above every situation, every circumstance. It doesn't matter what it is. If love remains, love is going to conquer all. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us that God himself is love. Therefore, if we have love, we have God. Hallelujah. It's the greatest gift he's ever given us, which was love. Hallelujah. Of himself. Turn me in your Bibles tonight to... The book of Romans, chapter 8. If I get to talking too fast tonight, trying to preach my 20-minute sermon, y'all tell me to slow down. Amen. 
Romans chapter 8, and we'll be starting off at verse 28. Church, did you know the word is so rich tonight? I'm getting excited just about to read it, amen? It's so rich unto me, it just speaks unto my soul. It's the food that I need, amen? It's everything that I crave right now, just God's Word, God speaking to me. Everything I need is enwrapped in His Word, every bit of instruction, every bit of discernment, amen? God gives me His Word. I know how to walk, I know how to live, I know not to turn to the right hand or to the left. It's all found in God's Word. It's an encouragement unto me, amen? And He chose to give Give me His Word because He loves me so much. It's an excitement, it's a hunger, it's a thirst I have for the Word of God. It says this tonight in Romans 8 and 28. And we know, church, do you know? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Now, church, I'm going to keep preaching tonight, but let me just tell you, this verse almost trumps about every circumstance we have in this life. But it's a key component to this verse, if you saw it. To those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, One of the things Brother Delmas used to tell me all the time, he used to tell me a lot, but one of the things he used to tell me all the time, because I'm always so worried about missing God, it's probably my biggest fear that I have in this walk with the Lord. Am I going to miss the Lord on something and be out of His will? Church, I want to tell you, I can't be out of God's will even for a moment. You'd see me out there on the highway, I'd be a complete crazy person. Out of the will of the Lord. And he would tell me all the time, you know, whatever nickname he was calling me that day, Brother Jay or whatever he would call me. He says it's a lot harder to miss God than what you think it is. Church, when you're called according to his purpose, you're his. You are bought with a price, a heavy price, and now you are his. Hallelujah. You're His. Church, He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. Amen. All things that are working in your life, it may be hard, it may be difficult, it may look like darkness, all those things that's going around you. Amen. But God is working them for good. He's working them for good. He's trying to increase your faith. He's trying to make you a better person. He's trying to stretch you a little bit. He's trying to get you to see things. He's trying to get you to do more. He's trying to get you to say more. He's trying to mature you. He's trying to grow you up. He's trying to do all these things. Come on, it's all working for good. It's hard. Let me tell you something. Growth is hard, amen? I remember when I was growing up as a little child, like seven or eight years old, I would have very, very bad leg cramps, amen? You know, when a child's growing that their legs begin to hurt and I would just stay up at night and I would just cry and cry in my mother's arms because my legs would be hurting so bad. It was growing pains, amen. You say, well, Brother Joy, you're not very tall. Maybe that wasn't. (laughs) It is what it was. But I had to grow. I had to mature. Even though it hurt, it was all working for good. 
Amen. It was all working for good, and it was the Lord that was bringing that about. Verse 29, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brethren. Church, can I tell you something tonight about the word election? It's not using the word election here, but that's actually what it's talking about. It says that we are the elect. Now, I'm not going to get off into Calvinism right here and confuse everybody and say, well, you were meant to be saved, and you were going to be saved no matter what. There is a lot of truth to that. But let me tell you something tonight about the elect. God did choose you. And he knew that you were going to accept him. And he knew that he was going to, to save you. You are the elect. But let me tell you something tonight. The reason that God chose you is because he knew that you were going to choose him. This is what it's talking about right here. That Christ was the firstborn. He's the first fruit. Amen. And we are predestinated. Hallelujah. To be like him. Verse 36 says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified, just as if you've never sinned. And whom he justified, them he also, hallelujah, will one day glorify. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who makes intercession for us. And who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Church, I want to tell you before we get into it tonight, nothing, nothing Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Church, that's powerful tonight. Y'all hear me tonight? Grasp hold of this. Come on. Just like I said when I started this message tonight, when you know that you know that you know somebody loves you, come on, you have a different speech, you have a different conduct, you have a different behavior because you know that they love you. I want to tell you tonight, God loves you. Church, He loves you above anything else He ever created. Come on, the stars, the moon, the sky, the earth. It doesn't hold a candle. The apple of God's eye is His creation. He created all these things, all these beautiful animals, all these beautiful scenery. He created this great earth, the sun and the moon, and all His glory. But He said, you know what? I need relationship. Therefore, I'm going to make man in my image. Hallelujah. Why do you think your children look like you? You ever thought about that? Because they are made in your image. When you look at them, you see yourself. Amen? You see yourself. God created us in His image. Hallelujah. And He gave us dominion over the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. God, hallelujah, gave us supreme intelligence over every other creation. He created us alone in His image. The Bible even tells us that the angels look at mankind to learn more about God. Praise the Lord. His Spirit dwells within us. Nothing, nothing, nothing shall ever separate us from the love of Christ. 
He goes on to say this in verse 35. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. My Lord, that's a big list right there. As it is written, for they, for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Church, nothing, nothing, nothing can ever separate you from the love of God. My Lord, is that not encouraging tonight? That's encouraging to me. It's encouraging in my walk. It's encouraging in my spirit. And I want to tell you this tonight, because it's so encouraging, because it should uplift us, because it should encourage us, I also want to tell you this tonight, because we have the love of God, you and I should also now be fearless. We should be totally fearless in all that we do because we have the love of God. I did not have everything growing up, but I want to tell you I had it pretty good. But I want to tell you the main thing that I had growing up, you know what it was? Love. I knew that I knew that I knew that I was loved by my parents, by my family, by my siblings, by my cousins, by my friends. I knew that I knew that I knew I was loved. And because of that, I was bold. I was bold in my life. I was always passionate. In fact, Daniel Martin, who's a minister now, also, he was a minister way before I was, trust me. He used to say about me, because I was so passionate about things, he used to say, if the Lord ever gets a hold to Joey, you better watch out. Because he knew I was going to start running with the Lord. And he used to witness to me all the time. But I was always bold because I knew that I was loved. And I want to tell you, church, because you know you're loved, you can take risks. You will take risks. That's one of the reasons I stand up and preach with complete confidence. Not because I feel like I can preach because I know I can't, but because I know He loves me. I know God loves me above everything else. Therefore, I will have boldness to speak about the love that He has given us, hallelujah. We should be totally fearless because we have the love of God in our lives. In fact, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. If you don't know where 1 John is, you got Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John. I'm doing pretty good. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. I hear my wife coughing over there. I have to hop her up on some medicine. We're going on vacation in the morning, amen? Ain't getting me sick. Huh? I ain't, I ain't being sick on my vacation. First John chapter 4 and verse 7. There goes my 20 minutes right there, wasn't it? 
Chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, don't you love how, how the, uh, John talks to us? The, the beloved, Brother Cobb. The beloved. Church, that's us, amen. We're the beloved of the Lord. Complete affection. Like when we talk to our children, we call them baby. Amen. I call my daughter baby all the time. She's 10 years old. We talk with affection. The beloved. Hallelujah. I love that. Beloved. Let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God. And knows God. Come on. This is some evidence right here. This is confirmation that you are of the Lord's. Because you have love one to another. You have love unto the Lord. This love that I'm talking about tonight, it happened because I have been born again. Amen. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Before I just run around some little selfish person, just run around doing whatever I wanted to do and sinning all the time. But now I have an affection. I have a love. I have a desire not only for the Lord, but for my fellow brothers and sisters. I have an affection for the lost, for the hurting and for the dying. Now love is inside of me and love is overflowing in me and it is spreading to others. It is of the Spirit of God. Amen. Love. This is evidence here that you are of the Lord's. Verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Church, you know what this word propitiation means? It means that the only thing in the universe that could have satisfied the sin debt was paid and was given. It was the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you and I would have been put on that cross, it wouldn't have done a bit of good because we're all sinners. We're in need of a Savior. It would have been just another person that was being crucified, that was having to suffer. It would have been just another drop of blood that was shed. But I want to tell you something. We serve tonight a Savior, a God that was sinless, that was perfect in all His thoughts, all His actions, all His deeds. He never sinned not one time. He never broke the law. He never had an impure thought. He never did anything wrong. So hallelujah, whenever His blood was shed for us, it paid the penalty once more and forevermore. Amen. It was the propitiation for mine and your sins. In the eyes of God, it has been paid. It has been settled. Hallelujah. The enemy has been made an open show and you and I now have freedom now and forevermore through the blood of Christ. And it was love that sent him to pay that price. Church, I don't know how it happened in the heavenlies, but it says that It was set up, and I'm paraphrasing, but it was set up even before God formed the heavens and the earth. It was set up that Christ would come and would die on the cross for us. I don't know how it happened, but it probably had to go something like this. God said, who is going to pay the price? How is it going to happen? And Christ said, I'll go. I'll do it. 
I'll do it. Church, he loves us that much. Hallelujah. And verse 10 says this. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. For no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Church, did you know tonight that God primarily chooses to work through us? That's why every time you hear me pray, I pray specifically for that need, if you've ever noticed. I do that on purpose. Specifically for that need. Because I have a responsibility to pray for others, to love others, to help others. Amen? God can move the heavens and the earth, but I want to tell you tonight, usually He's not going to do that. If you need a financial blessing... God's not just going to have a bag of gold probably show up on your doorstep. Instead, he's going to have somebody knock on your door. Hey, uh, mister, sorry to bother you. Uh, I don't know who you are, but I was driving down the road, and the Lord started speaking to me and just told me i got to stop by here, and i got to give you this $500. I don't know what it's for, but the Lord does, and I have to give it to you right now. Anybody ever had a situation like that? God works through us. I've told y'all, look, I'm out of burn up my 20 minutes. <laughs> I told y'all this story before, but I'm going to tell it real quick. I'm almost done, too, by the way. I was working down in Homa. The Bible says we entertain angels unaware. And if you've ever been to Homa, it's a special little place. I hate it. But they have all these canals that lead out and the boats and stuff rule down there. That's their way of life. And if they got to open that bridge and little thing for them boats, guess what? You waiting. It's like an intricate maze to get through that place. I used to go the back roads to get home. It's about a two and a half hour drive for me close to it, the way I would come. And I'd gotten off work. It was like 6 o'clock already. Got another two and a half hours to drive close to it. And I saw this woman there, probably looked to be in about her mid-60s. And I'm on back roads. I mean, I'm not out like on the interstate or nothing. And she had on like a little vest, like a Lowe's uh, blue vest. And she wasn't this tall. And my parents had always said, don't you pick up any hitchhikers. They'll slit your throat and kill you. And they were right, it's, da- it's dangerous. And I was thinking, this dear woman couldn't hurt me if she tried, unless she's got a gun or something. I'm going to help her out. So I wheeled over and picked her up, and I said, uh, where are you headed? She said, well, I'm going to Lowe's. I said, okay. So I start driving. About five minutes into that conversation, it hit me. Lowe's is on the other side of Homa. And it's like rush hour traffic. It took me like 45 minutes just to get over to Lowe's, much less drive two and a half hours to get back home. So I, I'm driving, and uh, boy, that lump in my throat gets there. And I know all you angels out there, y'all are just, oh, yeah, you want to go to New York City? Let's go, right? This is like in uh, 2005. And so I said, uh, ma'am, 
I'm not uh, going that way. I'm going this way. And uh, I'll let you out at this red light right here. It was like a big four-way red light. There's a gas station there. And it's like 50 cars backed up in every direction. And uh, he said, okay. So she gets out of the car and goes and stands by the road. Let me tell you something. Anybody in their right mind would have picked this woman up. Trust me, anybody. On the way home, if you saw her right now, you'd pick her up, I promise. You couldn't help but to. And I wheel in the gas station. And the earth started shaking for me. I'm trying to pump that gas. This is back when you had to go in and pay for your gas. Remember before you got the little cards and stuff? I'm pumping that gas, and my heart starts pounding. Boom, 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 boom. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I don't know how I looked. I'm sure I looked like I was on drugs, and I started trying to walk in the gas station, and I couldn't walk. The earth was shaking for me. My eyes were jumping. And the Lord spoke to my heart and said, You are going to drive her where she wants to go. You are. So I'm at the counter trying to pay for my gas. Guess when I got in the car? Of course somebody picked her up. Who wouldn't pick her up? You know who picked her up? Cars lined up. I pulled up beside her. I rolled down the window, and I'm bawling, crying. <laughs> and the woman's looking at me. I said, "Man, I'll, I'll take you. Come home, you lose wherever you want to go. You know, if I was you, if I was her, I wouldn't have got in that car. <laughs> Would you? I'd have been like." Somebody else will drive me, young man. She gets in the car. I'm driving. <laughs> Drive all the way to Lowe's. She didn't say a whole lot. I couldn't talk. She gets out of the car. She looks back down and she says, God bless you. Church, I don't know if it was an angel or not. God works through us. And because I was his, the Lord said, you are going to do what I told you to do. In church, I did. I'd, I'd probably be dead. I'd probably fell out with a heart attack. It's like when I first got saved, amen. I, if I wouldn't have got saved that day, I'm telling you, it's about the end of the road for old Joey. I felt like I was going to have a heart attack the day I got saved. It was about the end of the road for me. God had reached out to me long enough at 26 years old that I was at the end of it. I know I was. I don't know what would have happened, but it was the end for me. But God saved me because he loved me. It tells us this in verse 13. Hereby, which means because of this, Know we that we dwell in him and he in us. Come on, church. This is confirmation that you are of the Lord. Because he has given us his spirit 
Now, church, what type of spirit has he given us? He's given us the spirit of love. Hallelujah. It tells us in 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. You and I tonight, because we are loved, we should be fearless in everything that we do. Fearless when we talk to people about the Lord. Fearless in our actions. Fearless in our speech. Totally fearless that God, hallelujah, is worthy of talking about. That God is worthy of pointing them to. That God delivers to the uttermost. Come on, He saves us. He raises us. He creates us as new creations. We should be totally fearless when we speak about the Lord. We should have a boldness about us. Because we're loved. Because we are loved, we're not arrogant. We're confident because we're loved. And nothing can separate us from that love. Hallelujah, that's powerful tonight. In verse 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he is in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. And herein is our love made perfect. You know that word perfect right here? It means lacking nothing. Oftentimes we love in this life, in our relationships, whatever they are, spouse, children, acquaintances, brothers and sisters... But that love, church, is usually never perfect, is it? Because of us. But here and we know that our love is made perfect. It's lacking nothing. That we, here it is, may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear has torment, and he that has fear is not made perfect in love. Church, I want to tell you all tonight, I went way over my 20 minutes here. When you're distant from the Lord, and your walk, and your relationship, the only thing left for you is fear. Y'all hear me with that tonight. I didn't say you wasn't saved. I didn't say any of that. But when you are not walking close to the Lord in that perfect love, giving and receiving, the only thing left for you is fear. Some of you used to do different types of ministry. I've heard some of you tell me that. I had a man tell me recently that he walked away from ministry. And this man told me that he knew he was out of the will of God, not that he wasn't saved anymore. He was totally out of the will of God, but people would still come to him and people would ask him to pray and do things like that. And he knew that he knew that he knew that if he prayed, it would be of no effect. Because he knew he was out of the will of God and what had taken over in his life was fear. 
not confidence, fear. And he would even say, I would love to pray for you, but I feel like it's going to have no effect. He was fearful. And he would say, go see so-and-so. Go see Brother Joey. Go see whoever and get them to pray for you because I know then it may have an effect. Church, fear had began to take over his life and rule and reign within him. But church, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Amen? That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. Let's give him some praise tonight. Mm. Would you stand with us, please, tonight? Do you know that you loved above all things tonight? That because of that love, you can have a confidence, you can have a boldness about you. Not arrogance, but confidence in the Lord tonight. Confidence that He has you. That all things are working together for good in your life right now because God loves you. Church, let's have a boldness about us. Come on, I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight. But come on, the choir needs to be rightly, fitly framed together and equipped, amen, to do the works of the Lord. Church, as this church begins to fill up, and I believe it will, I can't tell you when, but I believe it will, who you think is going to be the elders in this body and in this church? You are. You are. Let us have a boldness about us, not because of ourselves, but because we have confidence that God loves us. Let us have a boldness about us, amen, that God can and he will work through you as he changes you, amen. Lord, we thank you tonight. I love you tonight, Lord God. Oh, I love you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, for this church, for the saints, Lord, that are here tonight. I thank you, Lord, that you've touched us again with your word. Let it be confirmation unto us tonight, oh, Lord God, of who we are in you, not because of ourselves, because we are nothing but sinners, but, Lord God, you, Lord, are the perfect and holy one. And, Lord, we know that you love us tonight. Lord, build us up, O oh Lord God. Encourage us, uplift us, O oh Lord God, and work a mighty and great work, Lord, in us, O oh Lord God. Let us act out in accordance with your will. And Lord, even through the trying and the hard times, Lord, we know that it's all working for good because you love us, O oh Lord God. Therefore, let us love one another, Lord, as we love you. Let love, Lord, grow until it overflows outside of us, Lord, outside of this church and into this world. Let love, Lord, conquer all, Lord God, because, Lord, it starts within us, O oh Lord. Let it overflow, Lord. In Jesus' name, we ask this tonight, and we thank you, Lord, once again, Lord, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all tonight.